get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Winnipeg Blue Bombers, are they in serious trouble when it comes to depth on the defensive line? How about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Will QB1 Trevor Harris play Friday night in a early season prairie rivalry between the Bombers and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at Mosaic? That depth charts, injury lists, details, keys to the game, and a whole lot more. Let's bring in the man you all came to see, Chris Walby, joining us here on Game Day Winnipeg. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, everybody. How you feeling? Feel great, man. I love the fact that we got the prayer rivalry going again. That's what I want to see. Um, both teams undefeated, although there is some speculation about the uh, head man on uh, Saskatchewan at that quarterback position. We'll have to talk about that, but... Yeah, anytime I, we talk about this all the time. Anytime Sass plays Winnipeg, juices get flowing, man. You just got to love it. Yeah, you, you do got to love it. Uh, I love the CFL schedule makers, how they've uh, laid things out this season. Bombers and Riders faced each other uh, in Winnipeg during the preseason. They're going to face each other now early in the season. And we're still going to get that back-to-back. Labor Day Classic, Banjo Bowl, maybe even a playoff matchup between these two teams uh, still to come in the season. Chris, I'm just going to make sure you got your correct microphone selected. Uh, We've had that issue before, but uh, I'll get you to do that as I pull up our depth charts. Because people really want to see how these teams are going to shape up uh, for uh, this incredibly rivalry-filled matchup. Here's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders depth chart. Uh, released just, frankly, a few minutes ago uh, here on Thursday ahead of Friday's game. And, well, let's start with the offense. There is Trevor Harris, their starting quarterback this season. Game time decision. Chris, back on Tuesday, Trevor Harris was a partial participant. On the injury report, he's listed as a full participant. And then Wednesday, closed practice, listed as a non-participant. Uh, head coach Craig Dickinson of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders trying to do his best Mike O'Shea impression by, you know, really throwing cold water on any information prior to game day. Uh, and well, Craig Dickinson indicated what he, you know, uh, what we kind of gleaned from it. Trevor Harris, game time decision after taking a pretty nasty shot late uh, in the game last week against uh, the Edmonton Elks. Yeah, first off, he didn't practice at all. I mean, I know they tried him. They, they put him out and they walked him out and he walked him back into treatment. Um, you know, he does this. You talked about O'Shea and how we talked about it. O'Shea says the same thing about Zach. Zach doesn't need to play. doesn't need to practice right now. Knows the offense. Trevor Harris is the same thing. I'll be in it. No, he's a new quarterback there. He knows what's going on. He knows what it takes to win. Uh, there's no opportunity uh, for him to practice and risk hitting that. You know, it's a hip injury. And, you know, the, the whole thing, though, DB, why the heck were they trying to throw the ball on the last play of the game? It was super uh, weird, it, wasn't it? It's it stupid. You, you, you know, you just basically kick a field goal. You got a seven-point lead. There's hardly any time left. You throw the ball, you, you know, and, and he gets hurt. That's your bread and butter. You don't do anything. Hand the ball off. I know he's taking a tremendous amount of heat. There's a lot of pressure for Harris to play. There's a lot of pressure for Craig Dickinson to make sure he does play. I heard all the waxing poetic by Craig Dickinson going, you know, it's an 18, you know, game year. We've got lots of time. But no, if I'm going into the game, I want my best guy back there. Now, nothing against Mason Fine. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. But has he got the experience? No. Has he thrown the ball as much as Harris? No. Does he know, you know, so it's, it's a huge drop in talent level. Just because of experience, not because of quality of play. So I expect fully to see Trevor Harris behind center tomorrow. But again, you know, Bob's your uncle. You never know what's going to happen. He's got to be able to just basically be healthy enough to lead this team. You talk about pressure in Saskatchewan, Chris. Uh, It's not just on uh, the team to win 
as it always is in Saskatchewan, doesn't matter what season it is. Uh, it's pressure on a quarterback. doesn't matter if you're a rookie or a veteran or, you know, Cody Fajardo last year in the last couple of years, he really felt that pressure. Trevor Harris, well, he is a, you know, proven veteran. And by proven, I mean, we know what, you know, we know what we get in Trevor Harris on a game in game out basis. And, um, you know, conflicting opinions, I think, league wide on what Trevor Harris brings. But he is a dangerous quarterback. He has an outstanding arm and is able to stretch the field. The Saskatchewan yeah. Roughriders will be without Darrell Walker in their receiving core. A couple other injuries. And we're definitely going to talk about Jackson Jeffcoat and the Blue Bombers defense. Um, and and uh, in addition to a couple of their other injuries. Uh, and Celestin Haba and the rest. But for the the Rough Riders, they're going up against a, a a Blue Bombers team that is really clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, what an outstanding performance for them in Week One, with Zach Kalaris throwing for nearly 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter. Uh, yeah. What what did you see back on Friday when you were at the stadium? Well, I'll tell you what, six different receivers. He, he, he just has so much confidence. I love the, you know, I read the article today. What is he, 34 and five as a starter for the Bombers? He just went past a legendary great Russ Jackson into 21st place, all time passing in the CFL. Uh, he's just, listen, he's a winner. And I, I mean, I, I have a problem when I hear about everybody saying one game, he's like, well, he's a front runner for the MOP again. Come on, man, it's one. This is no knock on it, but you can't start doing this. But I, I really think, you know, had it not been for those three brain farts, you know, I mean, obviously you can't play. Janarian fumbled us. Okay, that's going to happen. Uh, the mix-up handoff that led to a touchdown and obviously the block punt. Some people say he was standing too shallow. He should have been a little bit, a couple more feet back. But they missed the block entirely. If you watch the replay, whoever was that right wing, he just ran outside and let the guy come scot-free. So, yeah, take away those three plays, and it's not even a close game. I mean, they were beating the heck out of this team. And I, I, matter of fact, third quarter, before all this, you know, the dynamics happened, I basically uh, was ready to go back in the car and, and uh, you know, drive home and have a couple of coalies in the backyard. I thought it was a done deal. It was all wrapped, but then again, uh, you got to give uh, the team Hamilton credit. They came back, fought. They just didn't look that good, though. Um, we talked about... And I don't want to spend too much time last week, but they talked about Bo Levi. I didn't think Bo Levi looked Bo Levi-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my own opinion. Um, he just seemed like he had trouble getting rid of the football. He's under tremendous pressure. You talk about it. We're going to talk about that other kid, the new kid, uh, Haba at the end, who I thought played, you know, I thought he played fantastic. Four tackles, had a key sack. And if you ever watched the replay on it, as a defensive lineman, you want to make sure you watch this guy's technique, how he dips under the tackle. Very James Parkerish. James used to do that all the time. Come around the corner, he put his hand on the ground, get underneath your block, and turn the corner. Great job by the young man. So, yeah, I mean, what I saw from the game was a, was a great team that just gave up three major plays and almost ended up giving the game back to Hamilton. Well, one of those major plays, Chris, was on special teams, and – well, for week one, uh, fullback and special teams ace, and by yeah. ace, I mean yeah. maybe the GOAT of special yeah. teams players yeah. in Canadian football all time, yeah. Mike Miller, was a game-time decision and did not play. Now he is on the six-game injured list. Uh, I was really impressed with Jesse Briggs, okay, because Jesse Briggs came out after the game and talked about how that's his mistake. He made that mistake. Um and, and took accountability as a leader does. But do we wonder if Mike Miller not being available to play was a reason why there was a, uh, you know, a glitch on, on special teams? Here is Mike Miller finding himself on the six-game injured list now in week two. So they're going to be without him. Again, we'll talk about Jeff Coat in a second. But Mike Miller on the sixth game joining Winston Rose, Kyrie Wilson, Jamal Parker, uh, Tiadric Hansen and, and Connor Burtonshaw, another special teamer, another fullback. But losing Miller is a, I don't think anybody should look past losing Mike Miller for a stretch of time here. No, and I agree 100% because people don't understand that Mike Miller is a guy that calls protection. So that guy, whether it be Jesse Briggs, who's filling in for him right now, 
Uh, you know, they've got to make sure the formation, the blocking scheme is up there. They count guys from inside out. You don't want to let a guy on the outside beat you. And I, I know Jesse Briggs was playing the up back, but I believe it was really crammed to, that uh, basically let to the outside to go cover, and you can't do that. They'll tell you, we used to do drills all the time, and you'd basically about contact, hold the guy up for a couple seconds, and then get downfield and make the tackle. You cannot let anybody, I don't care how far he's out, run free. And they did it. It was a mental mistake. I guarantee it's taken care of. Um, Miller is, is the king. There's no doubt about it, but he's a goat, as you call it. He's so smart. He recognizes all the, the schemes that are trying to come up, especially when you're trying to block, uh, block a punt. And he's got everybody in the right spot. It's just an experience thing. And, I, and you, you're 100% right, DB. I love the fact that Jesse Briggs did not sugarcoat it. He did not try and come out and say, well, you know what? He said, you know what? We made a mistake. We'll get it corrected. And they will get it corrected. You know, that's one thing about this team. They don't usually make the same mistake twice. Yeah. Uh, you know, huge ups to Jesse Briggs as a guy that does not speak yeah. to the media often to just be that, you know, as you said, not sugarcoated, speaking as plainly as possible and, and taking accountability. I'm sure Mike O'Shea, uh, once digesting everything, is, is really proud of the way his team handles the stuff yeah. off yeah. the field. So losing the killer, as I refer to him, the killer, Mike Miller, for six games is going to be a hit. But Chris, we got to talk about Jackson Jeffcoat uh, landing on the six-game injured list. He was uh, unavailable for the majority of training camp this season, got yeah. going late in camp, was able to play, started week one opposite Jackson or Je uh, Willie Jefferson, the Jeffs on the defensive line. Jackson Jeffcoat left Friday night early, I believe in the first quarter. He was what? just suddenly not there um, and did not return. Listed as a lower body injury. It was a hip injury uh, in training camp as he was on the, the week one injury report this week prior to being placed on the sixth game, listed as a calf injury. When you hear about a calf injury, Chris, that is a, a six-week thing, like, look, that could be an ankle. That could be, a, you know, the lower part of the knee. That could be a soft tissue. That could be a hard tissue issue. What, you know, what can you make of a, a calf injury that lands you on the sixth game? Well, I, it's, not, it's not so much the injury that concerns me as the fact that it's becoming a repetitive thing. He was hurt at the end of last year. Now he comes into camp, he's hurt again, and then he comes back to the game, first game, first quarter, hurt again. This kid is a, uh, you know, he is absolutely a wonderful football player, an excellent pass rusher, comes from a great pedigree with his dad playing in the NFL. <clears throat> but yeah. the thing you can't control, and you know this, DB, you can't control the injuries. And injuries can derail a guy's career. This seems to be a bit of a history right now. Obviously, last year, training camp, first game, sixth game again. Nobody wants to stay on there. Now, what happens is, what do we talk about? When one door closes, another one opens. And you got that, what's his name, Habba, coming in there. And I, the way that kid played, I was blown away how good he was. I mean, four tackles and a sack, always around the ball. Didn't expect Huge to be sack. starting. Huge sack late in the game yeah, to seal the win. Right near the end of the game. You know, yeah. I, I just, the, the kids, they're not blowing smoke up him right now. I mean, a lot of guys were asking what they thought about his performance. And, you know, he said, you know, O'Shea goes, well, we were really impressed with him. We like his athletic ability. Seems to pick up things really fast. But, I mean, I think this kid, if he continues on the path he's going, and it's only one game, so Walby stop smoking the cigarettes. I just think he might go. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that does that because I hate when people go, guy has one great game and they go, you know what? I, I can see him as an all-star already. Oh, it drives me crazy. I want to get the guy a quick camera, smack his face a couple times. That but, said, though, he, he did he did show some good things, like you said. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed. And I think O'Shea said, ask me how he's doing after the ninth or tenth game. Yeah. That's what he said. So yeah. let's not, you know, let's not go crazy. But the fact is, that's a great way for a, young, a, great way for a young uh, player to start but here's the thing that happens now i've seen this happen time and time again there a guy comes in because another guy gets hurt and the guy starts to play so well that you don't make the change back i don't care if it's jackson jeffcoat or anybody if you get another guy that's performing at well and playing very well 
you don't make that change. So what happens to Jeffco now? He's got a heck of a salary. That comes into play, boys. You know that. Let's not play games here. It's a business. So I, mean, I hope he comes back. I hope he's healthy. I'm not putting the you know the kiss of death on the young man, but boy, I tell you what, you gotta hate when you see a guy coming to fill for you and he starts playing that well. It's almost yeah, like it's you got a voodoo doll locker. <laughs> You're poking pins in a voodoo doll. Don't it's... do good, brother. Don't do good. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the Wally Pip situation, right? And for you youngsters out there, uh, Google Wally Pip and you'll, uh, you'll kind of understand what we're saying. Uh, but, uh, some of you OGs out there, I know you, you know, the Wally Pip situation and Chris, that, that happens in pro football. It's just a reality. Yeah. The salary comes into a good point by you. Um, before we pull up the Winnipeg Blue Bombers depth chart to see how things are shaping out on offense and defense, we got to give a shout out to our good friends, Chris, as always, Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton Street, under the streets of downtown Winnipeg, just a quick shot down the block from True North Square. You see it on your screen, or maybe you're listening on podcast and you don't see it on your screen. Head over to YouTube. That's where you want to get the full bonfire experience. Uh, but you'll get that and more at Shannon's Irish Pub, Jets and Blue Bombers game day specials. Home games, away games, before, during, and after. Go to Shannon's, watch the game, take it in. Uh, food and drink specials. They got 21 beers on tap. All of your favorite cocktails, whiskeys, and scotches, and just outstanding food. They have got your pub classics. They have got your Irish pub classics. And then they have got some really uh, creative and super tasty food choices that you wouldn't expect at an Irish pub. So uh, it's Winnipeg's best kept secret. It's under the streets, an eclectic, unmatched atmosphere. Go check uh, out our friends at Shannon's Irish Pub. You can find them online, shannonsirishpub.ca. You'll find their menu there. Uh, Shannon's is the spot, Chris. Lots of people I'm sure will be there uh, on Friday night to watch the game. Uh, And I wonder for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, how they're, Team will shape up on defense without Jackson Jeffcoat. And here's a look at their week two depth chart. Demario Houston with a huge game in week one. Uh, Dietrich Nichols, of course, back at his usual boundary halfback spot uh, with no Darrell Walker in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders starting offense. I look to Sean Bain Jr. as somebody who is probably going to get a lot of this uh, top coverage in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. Brandon Alexander got himself a fine this past week for a high hit on Ticats receiver Keandre Smith. Well, it's going to happen once in a while, probably half a game check. Brandon Alexander back at safety. Evan Holm and Desmond Lawrence both played really well uh, last week in week one. Malik Clements back again at weak side. Adam Big Hill in the middle, of course. Alden Darby at strong side. But this is where the changes have been, Chris. We've been talking about Celestin Habba. Uh, you see him right there uh, on your screen. Um, Jake Thomas, Ricky Walker, Willie Jefferson starting. So Haba will have to step up getting his first start. Uh, 16 days ago, uh, Celestin Haba was signed to his first pro contract. Three days later, he's in a preseason game and less than, you know, just over two weeks later, he's getting his first pro start. Uh, Blue Bombers first round draft pick in 2023, Anthony Bennett will likely get a lot of rotation, uh, on the D line. Here's Miles Fox. He will be a designated American on the defensive line, signed just a few days ago, uh, veteran of the BC Lions, uh, to bolster this defensive line, Chris. This is my question. Is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defensive line getting a little bit thin? Are they in talks? I wonder with Sean Lemon, maybe some other guys that are out there that can help. No, not. I don't think so right now. I think that Celestin Haba, if he continues to play the way he is with the injury to Jeff Coat, that'll answer your problem. Uh, Sean Lemon is a heck of a player, but he's getting up there in age. He's also commanding a heck of a salary right now. Uh, do you want to bring that in? I mean, and, and let's go back to the other guy you talked about, Miles Fox. I love that story because people say sometimes you play for another team and you wonder how they get picked up by another team. Well, if you listen to Coach O'Shea, he was watching film for somebody else. And he said, I keep watching this one guy pop up on the film. He's making plays. He's getting mm-hmm. pressure. He goes, I like this Miles Fox guy. So when he got released, he, they jumped all over him. I mean, he'll fit right in here. He's a big tar, a big body in the middle. He gets good push up the middle. That's what you want. 
they got a lot of youngsters, as you mentioned, Schmeckel and Bennett, young guys, Habba's young, uh, Willie Jefferson, don't even go there. The guy could be 40 and still making plays. Uh, you know, I mean, last week, did he not have, I mean, you're talking about a lot of our things. You know, they're making a lot of comments about, you know, I thought Evan Holm had a hell of a game. I think uh, Demario Houston had the, his breakout game as a bomber, two interceptions, one on a two-point, fumble recovery. But then you look at Willie, and people are so used to Willie doing this that it doesn't blow anybody's mind anymore. Right. Two sacks, two pass knockdowns, forced fumble. I mean, he just keeps getting it done. And for lack of a better word, you get so used to it that you don't get excited about it like you should because this guy is a just a crazy, crazy best defensive lineman in the league in my mind. Yeah, um, I don't think anybody will guy, disagree with you there. The, there was uh, a guy, DB. There was yep. a guy that played for the BC Lions, went down to the States with the Miami Dolphins. Cameron Wake. That guy was two-time defensive player of the year. That was a freak. Willie's that kind of player. Willie's seriously that kind of player. Now, listen, Willie can play in the NFL, I know. But he loves being a big fish in a smaller pond. He's making decent cash. He's making a life here in Winnipeg. I just saw him and his wife, Holly doing a great thing with Special Olympics. Uh, I think it was, no, it was Make-A-Wish. Make-A-Wish. Okay. So God bless yeah. him for doing that. I mean, really, yeah. you know, uh, really getting into the community, which I that, that's a huge thing. So, yeah. And I just want to ask you one other question as I get on my rant. Um, Patrick Adamick, you did a great job of a great point. We talked about a, one guy getting an opportunity and maybe taking a job away. Michael Couture, you're right. Kolinkowski came in, replaced Michael Couture, and played so well that they didn't have a rush to put Michael back in, which I think pushed a little bit. I know that Michael wanted to go play in BC. He wanted to go back, right? He That's wanted his home to go back. Promise. Yep. That's his home promise, man. You know, he's got a lot of friends and family there. But having said that, he did take over, and that uh, that spot was not a huge thing for him to rush back to. Uh I, I want to mention um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, defense because they're going to have some issues uh, for their availability as well. And I'm just going to pull it up here, Chris. They are pretty banged up when it comes to their uh, starting defense. Here is, oh, forgive me. I don't even know the guy's name. That's how, you know, Deontay Williams, first year yeah. player. Starting at boundary corner, Roland Milligan Jr. This guy is a baller. He was all over the field in the win over the Elks. We need to mention uh, Saskatchewan's goal line stand inside the final three minutes against Edmonton last week. It won them the game. They bring it up front. They have great coverage on the back end. Um, but being without Nick Marshall at boundary corner will hurt them. Uh, Larry Dean, Micah Teets. Uh, you know, uh, manning the, the linebacking core. Anthony Lanier was Pro Football Focus's top-rated defensive lineman for week one. Uh, you know, Micah Johnson, Demarcus Christmas, Robertson on the other defensive end. They've got some uh, depth there in Corte Moore and, and Cox. Uh, Chris, Saskatchewan's defense is, it's the real deal. Uh, you know, you're, you're 100% right there. Um, when I look at their defense, and I know that you, you didn't mention Moncrief, but Moncrief has been hurt for a couple games now. He didn't play the first game either. And I'm so. told maybe he's sooner rather than later. He'll be back soon. Well, and, and they're not rushing him, but I believe that he's going to make a huge impact when he does come back. But I think the strength of his defense, and I'm not taking that away from Larry Dean, because I think Larry Dean's a heck of a middle linebacker. I think their front four are as good as any front four. When you think about Anthony Lanier, uh, top-rated uh, D lineman last year, who's going to go against maybe the top-rated offensive lineman in the league last last game, which was Jamarcus Hardrick. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. But then you got Pete Robinson, uh, Michael Johnson, uh, you know, uh, Demarcus Christmas. They got some players on this on this defense, and I'm looking forward to seeing one guy because I don't know if he got in trouble or what happened with this guy. I don't know the whole story, but Brian Cox Jr. Uh, you know, they really, they brought him in. He's been away from football for a couple of years. And I was going to their website uh, during training camp and they were raving about this kid. Uh, you know, he's got experience. He's a big defensive end. Uh, you know, he's going to be bringing it too. So he's got a pedigree. I believe his dad 
is that Cox, uh, one of the Coxes that played for, I, I believe, Chicago Bears, played in the NFL. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty I'm sure, sure he comes from a nice pedigree as well. Anyway, but yeah, to your point, this is a good defense. Um, I think they will miss, definitely miss uh, Nick Marshall. Uh, you know, when, you go, when you're talking about putting a new guy in there, Deontay Williams, first year out of Nebraska, and he's going to have to cover, you know, a Bailey, a, a Godosi, Wolitarski, a Schoen, a Dembski. Yeah. Man, I mean, the weapons. I mean, when you think about Zach last week throwing to six different receivers, three touchdowns in the first quarter alone, uh, pick your poison. Pick your poison. Yeah, like uh, getting a look here at the, at the the one in six game injured list for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, the other one we should mention is Miles Brown on the defensive line. He's on the one game injured list as well. Yeah. So a bit of a shot there for their depth on the interior. Brady Oliveira was a beast, a beast in week one. Uh, they corrected his rushing totals. He ended up with 113 yards on the ground, uh, well over five yards per carry. He was excellent. Yeah. Uh, the only... Uh, he was the only 100 yard rusher in week one and chipped in a couple really nice uh, screen passes as well. Uh, really showing to be a, a weapon. We talked about it on bonfire midweek last night, Chris, do you think that Brady Oliveira is the next Canadian born star in the CFL? Well, he's definitely have the pedigree. I mean, I, I like the way the kid plays. I think he talked a lot about it. You know, the last year he got out of the gate slow. There were people saying that, you know, he's, you know, he's no Andrew Harris. I think he's doing a great job of taking that 33 cloak off him and just being number 20 like he can be. I think he's a heck of a football player. Uh, you know, if he stays injury-free, again, I'm, i got to throw that thing in there. That's a bug. Um, I, I'm very impressed with Brady. I like the way he ran the football. I ran hard between tackles, broke tackles. Uh, the other guy that I'm really blown away with, and I, I know he's always good, Nick Dembski just makes play after play. I mean, yeah. that over-the-shoulder catch in the end zone, it's not an easy catch, man. Did you, you hear what, uh, what what Zach Kolaris described it as? He, he said Nick Dembski is like Willie Mays making those over-the-shoulder yeah, catches and that he had to school young Nick Dembski on who Willie Mays was. So That's a great – I didn't I didn't hear that, so thanks for sharing that, DB. That was awesome. That was a great – Great analogy. So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers starting offense, pretty much uh, unchanged from last week. Carlton Agadosi, the beast, I mean, with height and length, uh, starting at boundary receiver. Rashid Bailey, who had a really nice touchdown in week one, uh, back there again. Uh, and then the slot backs, Nick Dembski and Dalton Schoen. The Bombers depth chart, they've moved this around a little bit, but really, I mean, no, on a snap yeah. to snap, basis these guys are all over the place anyway drew Wolitarski with a big touchdown in week one he starts at uh the z wide receiver spot that offensive line chris we're seeing uh that same group once again uh scott will dress for a second straight game he was a late addition following mike miller um being pulled off the uh the active roster at 4 p.m on game day last week but what I wonder is, okay, you got Brian Gray, Kolonkowski, Newfeld, and Hardrick from left to right. You got Dobson, who can fill in on the interior. You got Pat Newfeld and Jeff Gray, who can kick out to tackle in a pinch. Scott is probably an interior player. So you've already got seven offensive linemen dressing for the game. And then you got right here. People can draw attention to that. That's Jake Thomas with a 65 in parentheses next to his name. Why? Yeah. Why does he have a 65 there? Well, he wears 95. That's his normal jersey number. Everybody knows that for the longest serving Winnipeg Blue Bombers player, Jake Thomas, Jake the Snake. And the 65 is the number he would switch to if the Blue Bombers need him to step in on the offensive line. So does that mean some guys are nicked up in this offensive front, Chris? Yeah, it would be a very good in indicator of that. But I think, yeah, because, I mean, you wouldn't do that unless you had some necessity there. Uh, I didn't see anybody get banged up in the game last week against the Hamilton Ticats, but you never know. Uh, it's, it's probably one of those things, I'm just going to put it down there, just in <clears> case. <throat> it's a remote possibility. Probably not, you know, the odds are of one in 100 that he's going to do it. 
He did play one game at guard before a couple years ago um, at right guard beside Hardrick, I believe. So, I mean, he can play there, but I think it's more of just an emergency situation. Maybe they're going to go double tight, like Zott and Dobson go double tight on the O-line, and if one of them gets banged up, maybe they want to put Thompson there as double tight. Maybe they're going to run a different type of offense this week. Yeah. At first time, I was going to say this too. Big shout-out to Buck Pierce. His imagination and some of the wrinkles he threw in that last game, especially the Bailey touchdown, fake touchdown, fake toss, quick slant pattern to Bailey who takes it into the end zone. What a great call. Yeah. I mean, Buck Pierce, man, you're he's going to be uh, moving on eventually, so guys get used to him. I think he's going to have opportunity now. He may just want to stay here. You know, a lot of times they'll make a guy assistant head coach, give him a pump, bump and pay. Yeah. And keep your continuity with your coaching staff. But I was really impressed with the, his game plan. Uh, the sweeps, the you know, the the, uh, the slot back sweeps. The well, end you, around. you mentioned but, Bailey, like running, he, he had two carries. Like they, they yeah. don't just run Nick Dembski out of the slot to the, you know, a traditional handoff in the middle. They do it with Rashid Bailey now too. He's that big bodied type receiver. Big legs, strong runner, um, and, and low pad level, right? He's able to make contact uh, with the big boys up front. So uh, just another weapon uh, in the arsenal uh, for for yeah. Buck Pierce. But, just just but, I just want to I just want to you know you said he might he might be moving on someday. Just my gut, just my gut. I don't think Buck Pierce is going anywhere anytime soon. Just no, that's my what I'm gut. saying. Oh, no, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, I'm just throwing it out there because yeah. a lot of times when you're successful, teams want to come and look at you. Look at look at Paula Police. <laughs> look at everybody else. doesn't mean no you're going to be successful as a head coach. But I'll say this. That one play that Bailey ran was so – just it was orchestrated 100%. You get misdirection one way, so the whole defense is flowing, and then you throw against the grain – that slant pattern of Bailey, and he catches everybody running one way, and he's going the opposite way. Um, to me, it was just a, was just a genius type of call. Uh, yeah. They just got so many things and so many things they do. You know, you got screen passes, you run the draw, uh, you run the, you know, you can do so many different things. You got Wallatarski and Ball, which I love, because Wally can make it happen, and you spread the defense out. If you're concerned with just, I remember teams would play. They play within the hash marks, so they played with the slot backs a lot. Well, now, when you're starting to use your Agadosi and, and Wolotarski out wide, that defense has to somehow move over. You're, you get your linebackers cheating a little bit to the outside, and next thing you know, you got holes in the middle. Just, just These guys are just doing a great job of mixing it up and keeping the defenses off kilter. I, I was a little bit surprised to see how creative – the offensive play calling was so early in the season, week one, right? So, uh, I, Chris, I love how you brought up the double tight end because think about what we saw from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last week. Yeah. There was less than, I think it was like, I think it was 76 yards the Edmonton Elks gained in the second half. Uh, if you take away the 102-yard deep ball <laughs> touchdown from Taylor Cornelius to Geno Lewis in the first quarter, Edmonton's offense couldn't do a thing. They couldn't do a thing. Less than 100 yards in the second half, three chances on the goal line, couldn't punch it in to win the game. To yeah. win the game. They couldn't do it. I'm not sure. I'm not sold. I don't want to get into Edmonton, but I'm not really sold on Cornelius yet. All I'm saying is Saskatchewan's defense came to play yeah. and you mentioned the double tight end. Maybe they even want to go like a, a super jumbo package where you take another receiver I, off. You bring Jake Thomas that. in to, to, you know, push the pile or block. Um, I would, to widen it. I mean, obviously yeah. we got to talk about the fact that Tyrell Pigram couldn't get it in from the one yard line. We saw a little Drew Brown in the short yardage, didn't we? So I think that might happen. I think you got to go to a bigger body. Uh, but if you go, you know, what I hate to see double, double tight end, you know, where you got two guys, three guys to one side. Now you stretch that defense out. And then what happens is you release, watch this. You release Jake Thomas. He goes in, they blocks a little bit, runs in the end zone, gets a touchdown. Fat boy gets a touchdown. Everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Drinks all around. 
Drinks all around indeed. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat, by the way. Uh, I forget who that was earlier. They said, sorry, I'm late. Uh, bruise on me next time. We'll hold you to that. To that. We'll, we'll see you at Shannon's Irish Pub for the next road game. Um, uh, got a comment here from uh, the Barflies. Is Brendan O'Leary Orange close to starting slash ratio breaker? Well, here, here's the deal, Barflies. As far as the Blue Bomber starting offense is concerned, I don't see him taking well he ain't taking Dalton Schoen's spot he ain't taking Kenny Lawler's spot when when Kenny is back I don't see him taking Carlton Agadosi's spot either I think the ceiling is just way too high on on Agadosi uh to to risk taking him out Rashid Bailey so versatile I know they ran running plays with Brennan O'Leary Orange some jet sweeps and things like that in the preseason but I think that's if some sort of injury or availability issue comes about that they would bring in uh, Brendan O'Leary Orange. He is a young guy. Brendan O'Leary Orange, Chris, you love talking about pedigree of guys. This guy's dad played a long time in pro football as a running back, uh, including time with the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, he is legit when it comes to athleticism and talent on the field, good hands, uh, and a Canadian. Uh, so somebody I think whose future is bright, but is he close to starting? Probably not uh, at, no. at this time. But again, depth, as we're seeing already on the Blue Bombers defense, they've got depth on offense, and it's, it's a good thing that they do. Yeah, it's just, it's, he'll, he'll start out a necessity. If somebody gets banged up, that's the only type right now. Um, you know, and they may, show, they may put them in. When the weather gets hot, it's always hot lately here. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan's going to be loud. You might want to put them in there just – Give a guy a break. That'd be probably the only time. But starting is a whole different animal. Um, again, you're going into a very angry house. That's a bee's nest over there. Uh, you know as well as I do that when you play in Saskatchewan, the fans are crazy. It's loud as loud can be. Uh, communication is going to be a huge thing. And I, and I know that usually uh, the, the crowd or the 13th man, as they like to call it over Saskatchewan, can usually lead to a couple you know, uh, false starts or offsides uh, just because you're trying to communicate that down the line. You know, go to hand signals, they'll go with different things to get, you know, to try first sound, you know what I mean? But, um, no, it's going to be a great test for the Bombers. I mean, obviously, Saskatchewan, as you mentioned, I think their defense is very, very good. I think Darrell Walker is going to be a, a miss for them. But, you know, he's kind of gone downhill in the last couple of years. He's fought injuries. I he mean, seemed completely checked out in Edmonton the last two. Years. I hated Edmonton. There's no doubt he, because I, if you if you watch him and he had, did an interview, he said going to Saskatchewan was like a breath of fresh air. I bet you can read into that however you want. Uh, but they've got Tavin Jones, six foot two receiver in there. They got Mario Alford who returns. Uh, he can get after it too. Uh, Samuel Emelis, Jake Winnick, we know about. Brescheson's playing uh, in a slot back position. Yeah, Mitch Picton really got bad. Mitch Picton got the start last week. Yeah, uh, but they're gonna they're gonna move Breskison uh, in there, the Breskison, veteran Canadian receiver. I'm a ball player. Yeah, and this other kid you're going right after there on on Bain, uh, Sean Bain. Uh, that guy has got wicked speed. Remember what he did in Calgary last year? Mm -hmm. uh, he's a game breaker. So I mean, it depends. And then they got uh, the kicker, another Aussie, Corsack, Adam Corsack. 50-something yards average. Um, you know, he's pounding the heck out of the pig. Yeah. I mean, you know, put it right in the roaster because it's getting roasted. But, I mean, I love the way he kicks the football. So, I mean, they've got things. You know, Brett Lothar is a great field goal kicker. Uh, Has struggled know, they, early. Yeah, he struggled. But they. I just think that they're – if their offense can establish something like the running game, because we haven't even talked about the running game, and you know as well as I do that Jamal Morrill and uh, Frankie Hickson are pretty good. Yeah. And they got the newcomer, Thompson Bertrand Hutton. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got some speed back there and some guys who can break tackles. So uh, the Bombers are going to have their work cut out. It's, it, listen, anytime you go into enemy territory, it's not a given. Uh, these two teams match up always. It's tight. Yes, Zach is 7-0. 7-0 versus Saskatchewan. Crazy when you think about it. I looked at his stats the other day, but I was blown away by this. He's got against Saskatchewan in seven games, he's averaging 72% pass completion, 
15 touchdowns and only four INTs. He, you know how, you know how kind of his, that's kind of in line three? with his, his numbers through the last couple well, of years, right? right? I mean, when you're seven and oh, the thing about that is, I mean, some players, like, I, you know, my favorite places to play when I play Calgary, mm-hmm. I love playing in Calgary. I love their field. So some guys just like to play in certain positions, certain uh, locations. Uh, I would think that Zach loves playing in Saskatchewan. And he, remember this, he did have a short stint in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Very short indeed. But, uh, boy, we are the recipients of getting what I consider one of the best football players that I've seen in a long time in Zach. Um, I love the article. I love what you said. Uh, you know, you're making some analogy to Walt Tarski, call him Michelangelo. You know, it, 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 they, the guys love him. And I, and you don't hear a coach, especially O'Shea. O'Shea doesn't really wax poetic on anybody. But he was talking about how he just oozes confidence. Yeah, you know, exudes winning, I think, was the, the word. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, and I mean, the confidence, too, he mentioned, yeah. Yeah, well, no, yeah. I just think that, you know, this is Zach's team. He is the straw that stirs the drink. Um, but they have so much talent. I mean, this is a team that has so much talent. Um, yeah, so, I think about well, hey, Chris, that, that leads to the question. What is the Winnipeg yeah, Blue Bombers' weakness? I, you know what? He, he used to be field goal kicker, but not anymore. No, I surge mean, was good, know, hey? Four for four, man. The guy pounds the heck out of that ball. Got that 50-yarder. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that... Uh, I think the surge is calling you right now. How come you haven't talked about me yet, Pluto? Well, we are right now, buddy. We love you, Sergio. Listen, uh, I think you look at that team. They love Sheehan, and they said they're not worried about this block punt. Uh, Gennari, hey, he's a rookie, one. right? If, if he wasn't uh, standing far enough back or, or that sort of thing or wasn't okay. aware of where the pressure it's was coming, he's easy enough. Yeah, all you say is, hey, take two steps back, idiot. You know, you Aussie boy, take two steps back. You daft bugger. But anyway, I want to be English. My, my favorite about Jamison Sheehan is he said to me, you can call me Jam. Love that. Jam oh. Sheehan, the punter. Jam. He can get you out of a jam. Well, I mean, you know, O'Shea just said, I'm not worried about him at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not either. And I look at around. So I'm looking around. I'm going, okay, pick a week, pick a week. Where would I go after? Uh, I'm thinking, you know, hmm, well, how do I, how do I deal with this offense? I think Jason Chivers is going, hmm. The only way I would do it, bud, I'm blitzing the hell out of him. I got to blitz him. I If you let Zach get comfy, he's going to pick you apart. So they have to blitz him. They have to uh, disguise their coverage. Cannot give, uh, you know, Zach a pregame or a pre-snap read. Um, it's, it's just, you just can't. So when, when I pose the question, what is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers weakness? There really isn't one because it's definitely not leadership or mentality or coaching or the general manager's office. Uh, It's definitely not talent on the field or play calling on either side of the football. If I really had to nitpick, Chris, if I really had to nitpick, I would say the importance of the run game is elevated for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because if they are suddenly no longer running the football, I think that pressure coming on a older offensive line will eventually lead to some cracks forming in the foundation. I am nitpicking, okay? I think Brady Oliveira and being a consistently strong run team, establishing it, using it, uh, and and making sure it's there, that is going to keep Zach Kolaris upright and healthy and protected as much as having the, the best left tackler, the best right tackle, or the best interior guys, or the best scheming or play calling or, uh, you know, pass protection from, from the, the running back uh, in the pass game or play action. Uh, I think the, the run game and having that strong run game from week one through the playoffs uh, is, is as important as anything. Because this old line is old, let's let's just call it what it is. Uh, now, I, that this is why I posed it to you. I know you played what seventeen years in this league. Sixteen. Okay, you played but sixteen. Played, you probably played, you probably could have played seventeen. Uh, maybe I, but I I was forty when I left. Forty years right. old. 
And if you were 40 when you left and, and still playing at a, at a high level, Chris, what would you have said to some dummy like me saying, well, this is an aging old line. If I'm nitpicking, maybe that's the maybe that could be an issue. You know what? I, I will say this. If age was a factor. And I would look at it more if they're starting to get injured. That was my number one thing. If you start to get injured, you're not, you know, you, you're obviously your recovery comes late. But, you know, they got such great trainers. They got great therapy. You've got, you know, we all had the cold tub and the hot tub and all that crap. But, I mean, I think that as long as they stay healthy. Well, I mean, and, and that's why I'm wondering why you've got your five starters. You have got be. two backups and... People need to understand, this is the reality. The Blue Bombers have generally started, uh, dressed six offensive linemen for every game for years. So now they're dressing seven, and they're listing Jake Thomas, his other number of 65 here, as somebody that could step in on the offensive line in a pinch. Plus, the D-line is already thin. So if we're reading between the lines... I wonder if somebody on this Blue Bombers offensive front is maybe a little bit nicked up. That's a good point. And you know what? I mean, you were at practice. I know they had a closed practice on Wednesday. Uh, today is a basically day before, so you're not going to get to see anything today. Well, they're travel day. It's travel day today anyway. So, yeah, you're not going to see anything. So, yeah, yeah you, you, you very well could be uh, onto something there. I'm just we'll speculating. Yeah. No, but you know what? It's, it's a hell of a speculation because – the game time will tell you, right? I mean, obviously, I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Saskatchewan, but I can only imagine it's going to be hot again. And hot, noisy. Very um, noisy. Very hard, very hard place to win. Yeah, Saskatchewan has just got something about them. It's always tough to, to win a game there. So uh, they, they protect their park much like we protect our park. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch this game. I'll be watching definitely tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, Boy, you're those popular are, today. That's we have. We just installed a ring doorbell. So oh, is that what that is? I thought that was your yeah, cell phone. No, it's a ring doorbell. So whatever okay. somebody comes, you by. get a pass then. I was gonna, I was gonna find you. I was gonna no, you know, send you a letter. You have to find me to find me. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is true. That is true. You are tough to find. I, I don't want to play hide oh, and seek yeah, against Chris man. Walby. Come on, man. But I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great game. Um, well, I saw hey. That, that leads right into our keys to the game. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers were practicing with the pumped-in artificial crowd noise and anticipation of a raucous mosaic stadium on Friday night. Chris, uh, let, let's let's do your keys to the game and what's critical for the Blue Bombers to accomplish to capture a win in Week 2. Offensively, I think you got to continue to do what uh, Zach's doing, which is spreading that football around, make sure you, you protect the football. They're doing a great job of that. And you hit on one of the keys, I think, and that is you got to still run the football. Don't be one-dimensional. On defense, hey, hurry Harris. He's not 100%. Get in his face. Knock him down a few times. Let him do the cloud count where he's counting clouds. And, and I think you got a great shot there. And on defense, know your assignments, whether it be punt, you know, uh, punt player, punt uh, punt team or punt chase or what do you call punt cover i can't believe i forgot how to say that somebody's <laughs> special team that i played jesus you gotta know your spot and listen they got a hell of a returner you know this as well as i do yeah mario alfred could take it to the take it to the house so yeah let's get Janarian grant involved but let's also make sure we keep mario alfred in tune and those are my keys brother yeah i love it uh i'll throw in what mike o'shea mentioned yesterday being Wednesday uh, about who they might face at quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And he said, we're going to play our defense. It doesn't matter if it's Trevor Harris. It doesn't matter if it's Mason Fine. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Joe Montana back there. That's not what the head coach said. That's my uh, addition to it. Uh, it doesn't matter who's quarterbacking. They're going to play their defense. We know what Saskatchewan has. They don't have Darrell Walker, but they have some other options. They have a very talented backfield on offense with Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson. Those guys are small, agile, slippery, strong running tailbacks. Uh, yeah. So I'm expecting a, a big dose of that. And, and no doubt Winnipeg's defense will be expecting it as well. Um, it's going to be a great game 
uh, on Friday night in a early season rivalry battle between uh, the Blue Bombers and Rough Riders. Uh, Chris, uh, before we go, we have to, as always, give a shout out to our good friends at Shannon's. I know you love it there. Yeah. I have to, we have to get down there. We will definitely have to do something there. Little bonfire party. Whether we do a broadcaster on there one time, I think it'd be kind of fun. But uh, yeah, we might do something, buddy. Yeah. Well, hey, great to see everybody watching live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. We see you. Thanks for joining the live chat. If you're watching the replay, hop into the comments. We read them all. Uh, Even if you got some words for Chris Walby. Chris, how often do I send? I send you all the messages, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah. And I'm so happy that 99.9 of them are happy. And uh, the only ones that are bad are my ex-wife's. That's right. Yeah. Which one? I don't know, but, uh, I'm so, just kidding. I love them all. No doubt. Chris, I, <laughs> uh, no, no question about that. You, you got to love them all. So, uh, great to see everybody. As I said, thanks again. Uh, how about this? John Chan joining us from London, flying to Regina tomorrow for bombers, riders go bombers. So John, I don't maybe he's on a PJ. Maybe he's on the private jet getting direct from London Heathrow uh, to Regina. Travel safe, man, and enjoy the game because it's going to be a great game. I mean, I'll tell you what. Everybody thinks Regina is a great place to watch football. They really yeah. do. Yeah, it is. Listen to Larry in the, the live chat. Smash that like button uh, and uh, help keep uh, keep the bonfire blazing here. Uh, great to see everybody. Game day after dark. Myself. Zach Schnitzer, maybe a special guest. It'll be a late one, but it'll be a great one. Uh, join us on game day after dark on the post game here on Bonfire Sports. Chris, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the game, my friend. Uh, have too. a great one and have a great weekend. You too as well, DB. It's going to be a nice weekend. Get out there and enjoy the weather, man. Don't be stuck inside. That's why it's so nice to go to the outdoor stadium to watch a game. It's a beautiful experience. So go Bombers. DB, you'll be a good boy. Shannons, we'll be down there one time. Don't you worry. And the rest of you guys, <laughs> you're going to drink, don't drive. All right, boy. <laughs>